Welcome to another episode of the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Humphrey, and our mission is to help you maximize your training through a blend of science and practicability. So let's get going. Hey guys, it's Luke with uh, another uh, podcast. I'm getting back into doing these on a, on a regular basis, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pumped to uh, actually have some good content for you. So uh, in any case, uh, you know, lots going on, and I just wanted to kind of take a book that I've been reading. I actually just finished it, but a um, book I read, it was really about business, but uh, I thought it could pertain to running as well. So I wanted to just kind of discuss that with you and some things for, for everybody to, to think about. Um, so let's just jump into it. Today's episode is, are you the fox or are you the hedgehog? All right, so I recently finished reading the book Good to Great. So it's been out for a little while, but it is, uh, it's a very, very good book. It's by Jim Collins. Uh, like I said, it's not a running book. It's actually, uh, it's actually a book on business. But uh, as I read the chapters, it definitely became clear that the idea is embodied some great principles that should be applied in many areas of life. And the very basic premise of the book is that different companies, it, take a, it took a look at different companies that were on the Fortune 500 list. So it was basically, you know, I think a lot of them were in the, in the kind of the early to mid-1900s all the way up through right around 2000, uh, early, very early 2000s. And so it compared companies that were really at the same point in their businesses at the same time and then one went through the roof and one kind of fell off the face of the earth. And so it looked at what the differences between those companies were. Um, so it was really, really, really interesting. Um, and I definitely, you know, I definitely learned a lot from business about it and, and uh, business principles and things like that. But like I said, I think it goes into a lot of just general things that we could take with us through, through running and through a lot of things in life, actually. So... Um, but I wanted to talk about one concept that really stuck out with me. And so uh, you, you have these three circles. So basically companies that were really good and went through the test of time and ended up being very, very successful had what they call these three circles. Um, and, in order to, and then you had these three circles, which helped you find your hedgehog. And so it was called the hedgehog concept. And so it's, it's simple. On one hand, you have the fox who's always hunting the hedgehog and trying, to, trying something cunning and different every time. Always got a new plan of attack. This is always going to be the thing. It's always going to be what gets us over the top, per se. Um, and the hedgehog, on the other hand, although the fox is being slick and trying something new, the hedgehog, hedgehog has done things the same way every single time and they've perfected it they've, they've perfected their def- defense mechanism right and so that's really what it's about what is their defense mechanism and it's the same thing every time and so they've been able to shield off the fox every time so even though the fox is always trying something new the hedgehog always prevails because it's tried and tested um, and so I, I found that really really interesting so no matter what angle the fox uses the hedgehog is perfected the one way to always fend off the fox and always beats the fox and so from a running standpoint, this could be the person who jumps from coach to coach or philosophy to philosophy, always trying the shiny new thing, right? All of this, while the hedgehog, the person who has followed sound principles developed and developed a philosophy that works for them, absorbs new information and sorts out 
all the noise about what's new and what's improved. And so don't take that as being stuck in your ways. There's a lot of trial, trial and error involved in this, but when you take what you've learned and you've developed those things and so that you're not always just adding more to it unless it's been tested, right? Like it's, it's got to go through a litmus of, of experiment, I guess. And, and the only way those things are added is if they fit into those three circles that we're going to talk about. And so I think that's, I think that's really, really key. And so the three circles are really what you would say would be a Venn diagram. They represent three questions. The first question is, what are you really passionate about? And so in business, this would be something like, I want to produce products that help make life easier, you know, something like that. What are, what are, you, what are you passionate about? And this might, in running, this might be, I'm passionate about running as fast as I can. Uh, I'm passionate about running races or using running to maintain my health, whatever the case is. So for me, I think it would be able to, my, my passion would be to maintain my competitive, competitiveness and joy of competing against those younger than me or even the same age as me at this, at this point. Just where do I fit? I, I love being competitive. The second question of the book is, what is your economic driver? So this might be profit per customer, profit per transaction, something that measures how well you, how well you made money, how, how well you generated revenue and made, and made actual money. For runners, this might be how many times I qualified for Boston, how often I placed in my age group, how often, uh, how many races I run, and something, something to that. What is measurable to, to what your passion is to put some context into how successful you are. And the third question was, what can I be the best in the world at? And so in this case, uh, the case of business would be, um, we make the best printers in the world, or we're the, we have the biggest market share of office supplies, or whatever the case is, right? So that's how they're measured, but they know that they can be the best best at that. And so like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the comparisons were like, um, kind of like pharmaceutical companies who, ultimately tried to be everything to everyone and they didn't just pick one thing and they got way out of what their comfort zone was and then they ultimately just either had to sell their companies or their companies went away. So um, so the response is, the, so in your, in your case, the most, uh, what can you be the most successful at? So this might be recognizing that the half marathon, half marathon is your sweet zone. Like I can be my body in my lifestyle, in my training ability, the half marathon is where I can be the most successful even if your heart keeps pulling you towards the mountain. Now, there's still nothing wrong with running a mile every once in a while, but you know that you can be the best that you can be at running half marathons, where everything else is probably going to suffer a little bit. And so the response to these questions represent your the inner part of the diagram, and this forms your hedgehog concept. So ultimately, that is your core belief, that is your core ability, and every time you want to add something to a program, or I want to run a race, or whatever the case is, I want to add more mileage, I want to train for X, Y, or Z, those three questions need to be answered first before that's considered to be part of your hedgehog concept, right? So ultimately, everything you do revolves around those three, those three situations. And so the big thing here, though, is that the hedgehog concept is not a goal to be the best. It's a strategy to be the best, an intention to be the best, a plan to be the best. And when I'm saying the best, I'm talking about your personal best. I'm not talking about necessarily you know, winning an Olympic gold medal or anything like that. What are you personally going to be the best at? And it's an understanding of what you can be 
the best at. So it's just kind of a really a mindset type of thing as well. And the distinction is really crucial because we're not saying that uh, we're just saying that as a runner, you're understanding what your where your strengths lie, and you don't put a lot of wasted effort into things that aren't necessarily going to help you. And to me, it clears all, all the noise so that I can focus on what is the most important in reaching in reaching my goals. And that's super key because if you just keep bouncing around, I see and I see it a lot of times with people they just bounce around so much and they just plateau out completely. Whereas if they just narrowed their focus, I think they'd be a lot more successful. So when I was writing this out, I got confused at my own thought process. And I'm telling you, am I telling a person to decide what they are best at or only stick with that? And it certainly seemed like I was heading down that road for sure. Like I, I can't even, I'm kind of going through this now, I'm kind of telling this person, okay, so you have to make a decision and you have to be structured only to the half marathon, whatever the case is. So but I, I don't think... That's not the purpose of this, right? I, I, I know it seemed kind of like that, but um, the more I think about it and look at what Colin's book was discussing, I don't think that that's the case at all. So my case for the hedgehog mentality is this. So number one, understanding what you're best suited for will help you find more enjoyment in the sport. And being successful in playing to your strengths is always more enjoyable than kind of bashing your head against the wall trying to do something that trying to fit a a square peg into a round hole type of thing. It's it just it gets frustrating, and you never see success, and that ultimately is going to turn you off from from following the sport. Number two, it allows you to be realistic about your goals, especially when dipping your toes into things outside of your comfort zone. So if you have these goals that don't necessarily fit your where you're at, it's going to be frustrating really quick. But if you have an understanding of where your strengths and weaknesses lie, and understanding you're trying to get better at a weakness. I think you put a bit more practical perspective on what you're actually trying to accomplish, right? And I think that's a big, big help. And three, not surrender from doing any other events by any by any means. To me, it means that when you are planning out your seasons, looking at long-term goals, deciding on a run, race, a run to, deciding to run a race on a whim, then you should ask yourself the three questions we talked about and decide how that is going to help you be the best runner that you can be. Does this fit into what your core, dirty air quotes, running being is? How does that, how you define yourself as a runner, do those things fit into those beliefs? I think that's key. So I can hear many of you saying, but that means I will never have fun. And to that I say, no, you might not. But I also think that your definition of fun might change. Let's use the example of qualifying for Boston. If you've been trying for years and it hasn't come to fruition, how fun is that? More than likely, it has eventually become demoralizing. Let's say you explore the three questions above and you realize that the races you are running and the build-ups were fun, but didn't really help you when it came to quali- to your qualifying attempt. And I have a perfect example. A, a young lady I used to coach a very long time ago, her and her husband would always do um, a race like six weeks before their really big race in the fall. And they'd always run this first race really well. Why? Because they were very successful. They always were like first or second. It was a small event. They won. They won by a lot. They were in the local paper. There was a big to-do about them, which is great. And it really boosted them. But it was in the summer. I think it took more out of them than they wanted to admit. And then by the time they got to their race, like they'd always have a bigger race. So Chicago would be always kind of the one that they'd want to go run at. 
and they always bombed it at that race. But they were six weeks before they were really, really good because there wasn't any pressure on them, and they were ultimately really successful, and they got a lot out of it. And so, but they were demoralized because they never ran as fast as they really were, had potential to run. Um, and and so I think that at that point, you, you know, if they would have cut that build up out, they would have done better. Or I guess thinking about it now on the fly, they could have run that race and then took a break and then run like a, a Calendar National or a Houston in December or January and they would have been fine. But they always tried to fit that second big marathon in in such a short window that it just never worked out. And so they never, I don't think they ever really ran as fast as they, they had the potential to run. Okay, so uh, so say those you're running a lot of races in your build-ups and you have fun in those races, but then the ultimate goal of qualifying never actually happened. Um, so missing out on those on that immediate fun is definitely a bummer, but that fun of qualifying be, because of making a calculated decision will probably far outweigh those those fun races you were doing in the buildup, but didn't actually serve any purpose in helping you qualify or scale those back. So instead of doing five or six races, maybe do two or three well-timed races and still give yourself a position to actually qualify for, for the, for Boston, something like that. So you really can analyze, okay, how do these really fit into what my actual goals are? And ultimately making those goals are going to make you feel so much better. And it's going to be fun. It's going to spur more fun and then it's going to allow you to actually be more successful as that, that threshold rises. Plus, after you qualify, you can find new races to jump in for a while, or the next year run those races as a standalone segment. So I don't want you to think that you have to abandon things you enjoy, simply saying that you may want to consider a more calculated approach. So you really have to ask yourself, do you want to be the fox or the hedgehog? The fox will always try something new, but will be more likely to have failure than success. Whereas the hedgehog develops that, develops that core, has this, those questions that are answered on everything that they do, and ultimately will have more long-term success, and I would even argue have a more wholesome approach to everything that they do because they'll be able to sort through the noise of social media, people on Facebook, uh, what they read on magazines and running websites and message boards and things like that. And they'll be able to decipher, okay, this will work for me and this won't work for me. Instead of just saying, hey, it worked for them, it could work for me too. And so I think you get a lot better at deciphering what's real and what's not. And I think that's, I think that's key. So you can definitely turn into the hedgehog and still have experiences with new, with new things. To me, it's not about the shiny new thing, but it's about developing a system that allows you to be systematic, deliberate, and battle-tested. And either way you go is fine, as long as you are comfortable with that. Because I know a lot of people, they want to try the new things, they want to do that, and that's what is truly fun for them. And so that's perfectly fine. But on the flip side of that, you have to recognize that if you try to pull a piece from every little thing, philosophies never really get set. And so you're always going to be chasing that shiny new thing. But you, that, might make, that might make you extremely happy, and that's, that's the way to go for you. So whenever you look at longevity and success, though, look towards the cute little hedgehog. That's what I say. Uh, so think about that. I, I, and honestly, I think if you're just reading the book, um, Good to Great, is, uh, is pretty good, especially I know a lot of you are in uh, 
in business and things like that too. But I think overall, just some principles that you would find in life are, are really good. Um, in it, you know, some of the other things, just real quick, I mean, I mentioned that was like the most successful companies never really focused on um, being having the newest things, but they ultimately had the newest things faster than everybody else because they were in a position where they could utilize those in a productive manner, right? And so there's a lot of things to look at when you're when you're thinking about these things. But the most thing I would like to take is really kind of set up those three questions for yourself and really develop that core definition of yourself and what you're going to be the best at and what you have the potential to be the best at and what you want to be the best at. So I think that's really key because from there, every time you want to do something, you can you can kind of go through those things and see, does it really fit with me in what I want to accomplish? Especially when you're looking at big goals like qualifying for Boston or you know breaking four hours or breaking three hours or whatever the case is, you really start to get a, an idea of what you really need and what is just kind of fluff, right? And so, um, and you recognize that you don't need to say yes to everything that people are telling you to do either. Um, and ultimately, there's a there's a lot of freedom in that as well. So, uh, so with that, I think it is uh, time to wrap this up. Uh, I hope you uh, got something out of this. Uh, like I said, pick up the book, Good to Great. I think it's a, I think it's a great book for a lot of different things. So. Um, with that, I will, uh, I will talk to you all later. Have a good day. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening to the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast with your host, Luke Humphrey. If you like our show and want to learn more, please visit us at www.lukehumphreyrunning.com for blogs, podcasts, coaching, and training options. See you next time.